0: Let me add my welcome. Good morning. Good to be with you guys in this new year. Uh, my name is Eric Hoffman. I'm one of the executive pastors. If we uh, don't know each other, we'd love a chance to get to get to meet you and, and talk. And before we um, walk into next week, we're going to be kicking back up our the Sermon on the Mount. We've been walking through the Sermon on the Mount, um, taking that bit by bit, and so excited to, to jump back in. But before we did that, I wanted to uh, for us to be able to just reflect back in on um, the last year and then also look forward and excited to do that, but before I do, I want to just extend just uh, my gratitude and give you an update on on global christmas so So far to date we 're approaching about eight hundred and ninety thousand dollars raised in global Christmas, which is unbelievable. yeah I mean, everyone can clap for that, yeah, not just you guys so that's it's awesome. Um, and this year, you know, many of you, uh, the kiddos in the room, you guys gave to that, and um, just wanted to send, encourage you. You can continue to give uh, towards Global Christmas. In that as well, but um, but our partners around the world, it, it allows them to continue to focus and proclaim the gospel into places where there's not many churches or, or proclamation of the gospel, and so that those funds go to that to further the mission, which is just unbelievable that we are approaching. We threw out a million dollar goal, where it's like, man, that's 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 huge to raise in a month's time. It just just shows the work of God, and not only your hearts, but also your support. For, for our partners around the world. And when they, when they hear that, I just want you to know, I mean, think about if you were, if you were in a place where you were one of the few Christians and in proclaiming the gospel and making disciples, and you knew that there was a body of believers around the world supporting you and praying for you and encouraging you, that would just be a breath of fresh air to them. And it is. And so I just wanna just encourage you. It's not just the dollars, it's your prayer and support that are going um, towards them and, and just an incredible opportunity to continue, continue that work. So uh, as we reflect back on 2020, I know some of you are three days in on your New Year's resolutions, right? I mean, hopefully you're still going strong. I've already failed at one, I'm doing good at two. Um, so I'm, I'm good, I'll pick that one back up. But I wanna just uh, ask this question, how are, how are you doing? Okay, not just like this, um, the, as we're passing and just like kind of the social thing. I mean, you're, that answer would usually be good or fine. I want you just to take stock right now and just think through how are you doing? Take a quick inventory. What, word, what words would you describe how, how you're doing? Okay, give me, give me a couple. Okay. When I say give me a couple, I meant like a couple of you just to respond back. Anxious. Anxious. Yeah. Concern. Concern. Okay. Okay. Yeah, me. Yeah. I mean, I came. I mean, honestly, and and some of us are are full. Like we're 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 joy filled. We've we spent time with family. Um, we had a, a relaxing you know Christmas. To me, you're thankful. It's a mix, isn't it? I mean, if we're honest, it's a mix of. We. Uh, how many of you are feel tired? Feel a little, oh, I, I, I wasn't asking for hands, but yeah, let's, let's, let's just feel weary. I mean, I, I feel like, you know, uh, I was hoping that this new year, you know, we, we wouldn't be walking in with some weariness of like, what are plans going to look like? What are things going to continue to look like? But it's a mix, isn't it? I mean, it's, bo- it's both and, and we can, we can kind of bring those together. But I think the thing that I want to remind us of is the passage we're going to look at today reminds us of what we celebrated at Christmas, Emmanuel, God with us, that when, when Jesus came in the advent, the, the first coming of Jesus, when we celebrate that, we're reminded that our God is not a God who looks at us in our weariness or in our tiredness or in, in, all, in all that we are carrying. But it, many of us in this year, we felt the fallenness of this world in personal ways and collective ways, which we had not experienced maybe in our lifetime. And a reminder of a Christmas is that he, Jesus, came into the brokenness and the fallenness of this world. He didn't retreat back and say, hey, figure it out. He came into the brokenness. And when we celebrate Advent, we remember the first coming, but we also look forward to the second coming when all things will be made right. The passage we're gonna look together is the one place where when we, when we look at the gospels, it's the one place that Jesus actually tells us what his heart is. Now, wouldn't you be interested to in know, like, what does Jesus say about his own heart? Now we could look at the gospels and say, okay, what did Jesus say? What were some of the things he did? And we could, we could kind of make some, some evaluations of Jesus's heart by, by what he says and what he does. But Jesus in this passage invites us in and actually tells us what his heart is. It's the one place in the gospels that he does this and it's in Matthew eleven twenty-eight 28 through 30. So if you have your Bibles, we'd love for you to turn in there. My main goal for us this morning is that as we step into the new year, that we collectively and individually will take in Jesus' invitation personally, that we will continue to walk through this, that the application would be what Jesus invites us to, to know his heart and to know him and find rest in him. So when we read this, we're reading the very heart of Jesus, but we're also reading um, his heart for us. So if you would stand, we're gonna read uh, this passage together out loud, Matthew 28 uh, through 30. Many of you are familiar with this passage and we're gonna be walking through it in depth today. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. This is the living word of God for us today. You can have a seat. I've been reading this book over a over break called Gentle and Lowly by Dane Orland, which he walks through this passage in great detail and kind of slows down through this. But the thing, the thing about it, when we talk about the heart and the Bible and when, when the heart is mentioned, The reason why we we focus on this is because this is part of our mission as a church, that we want to help people find wholehearted life in Jesus. And the heart, when the Bible talks about heart, it's not just the emotional life. It's actually all of who a person is, where they make decisions, where their thoughts and desires come from, and where they make choices out of. And so that's why when, when the scriptures say God looks at the heart, he looks at the heart because that is who the person is. And so when we see this uh, of what Jesus is describing as his heart, we're, we're looking at who Jesus is. So let's, as we look at this familiar passage in more detail, I wanna set up the context of Matthew 11. Matthew 11 is in this context where uh, John the Baptist, uh, his followers were, were sent to talk to Jesus and make sure like, hey, are you the Messiah? Are you actually the one that we've been waiting for? And Jesus replies back and says, yeah, I mean, look, look at all the, the miracles and the signs and wonders that I've done. And here's here's the interesting thing. Jesus, in that dialogue, he points out that the religious leaders are accusing him of being a drunkard, accusing him of being a, a kind of a partier. And, but Jesus re, re replies, but it's actually because I'm a friend of sinners. So he's actually pointing out this posture of the religious leaders actually moving away from Jesus and getting hard-hearted towards Jesus and trying to get control uh, in their religious system and putting a heavy burden on, on the people. And then Jesus c- compares the, po- uh, the posture of the, the sinners. And throughout the gospels, you see that tax collectors and sinners are moving toward Jesus and that the religious leaders are actually getting more hard-hearted and actually trying to kill Jesus. And so you see kind of those two kind of postures going. And then uh, right before the section we're gonna be looking at today, you see... Jesus talking about these cities that he went into and performed these miracles and how people responded to him was um, they were unrepentant and they were hard-hearted. And he said, he brings condemnation down on that. He said, hey, you are, are not actually acknowledging that you have need for me and you didn't turn from your ways and come to me. And then he brings this invitation. And that's where, that's where we find um, these two verses of Jesus's invitation to us. So let's look at verse 28 in a little more detail. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. So this is the invitation. This is the first first part. Now, let's not move past the first three words of this verse. I want you just to think about it. Jesus is saying, come to me. Now, I want you to just pause and reflect on who Jesus is. He's the one who authored creation into existence through his very words. He holds all things together, and yet he is inviting you and me to himself. Just just think about that. Just pause and, and reflect on that. The, the one who created everything, who holds all things together, is inviting you in, in, in invitation, those three words, come to me. If there's anything that you get, get out of what I'm about to say or what we're gonna look at today, if you left today and you said, hey, what, what am I to do? What's the application of how I'm to, to leave and, and apply what we're talking about today? It would just be, come to Jesus. If you just left here and said, that's what I need to do every day, come to Jesus. That would, like, I would be like, that's a win. That's a success. Because here's the thing. That's the thing you and I need the most. But it's also the very thing, if I'm honest, that I avoid the most. I mean, I get, I get distracted. Um, you know, I get, get on my phone in the morning or you know, get, go down some rabbit trails or whatever, start thinking about my day. It, the thing I need the most to find life in is the thing I don't often come to, to find life. How often do we go and look for life or distraction apart from Jesus? That's usually how we end up coping with life or our problems. But his invitation is come to me. And so I hope, I hope that we all leave that with, with this, with this as, as an invitation, his posture as an invitation. Jesus is highlighting um, his yoke. Again, he's talking about the burdens. Let's look at verse 29 through 30. When he's talking about heavy laden and those who labor, that he will give rest He's talking about a a very specific thing um, called the yoke. Now let's look at 29 through 30. Take my yoke upon you. So he's contrasting the the heavy laden and those who are laboring to, he's inviting them. Again, this is his second invitation. He's inviting them to take his yoke upon them and learn from him because he is gentle and lowly in heart and you will find rest for your souls for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Okay. So what is a yoke? A yoke is, is something that went over the oxen that they, they kind of bound them together to kind of unify the work and, and, and do that. that that's, that's yoke. But it also means in that context was the rabbi's um, way of teaching. So a yoke was actually the rabbi's interpretation of the law and his teaching. So think about yoke as a, a rabbi's way of teaching or, or his teaching. So their followers would take upon the rabbi's yoke or take upon their teaching. So that's what Jesus is talking about, learn from me, learn my ways of teaching, take upon my yoke, my interpretation of the law and what that means. So think about what Jesus is doing. He's actually bringing a contrast in from the religious leaders of that day who put a heavy burden on the people through their their teaching, their yoke. And he's contrasting that with his yoke is what? easy, and light. His yoke does not bring burden, but brings what? Rest. So Jesus is contrasting uh, those two. So he's talking about those who are who feel heavy laden in a religious system. So another another way of thinking about this, are you tired of the burdens and heavy load that religion is putting on you? Now, religion is... Is it the way I would define the religion is in this sense, like it's what you are trying to do to make your way to God and get God's approval in your own strength. That would, be, that would be what the religious leaders were doing. So come to me and find grace. Come to me and find rest. Learn from me, receive from me. I will give you rest for your soul for I am approachable, not harsh. I am humble and will walk with you. Tim Keller has a great commentary on this section. And he says this, Jesus is essentially saying to us, I call you only to do the things that I've created you to do. And you will find therefore my yoke is easy. I put put on you the burden of following me, but I have already paid the price for you to do so. So that when you fail, you will be forgiven. I've taken off you the burdens that other people have. I've removed the burden of earning your own salvation through your striving and your effort. I've I've removed that for you. I've taken off that burden so you don't have to prove yourself to earn my love. I am therefore the only one, the only Lord and master. If you find me, will satisfy you. And if you fail me, I will forgive you. Let me read that last line. I'm the only Lord and master That if you find me, you will be satisfied in me. And if you fail me, I will forgive you. That's the way of Jesus. He's calling us to himself. Verse 29, this is the place where Jesus tells us about his heart. So let's look look at what Jesus is saying. I mean, when he's talking and describing his heart, he uses this phrase, for I am gentle and lowly in heart. He is not harsh with us. He's not quick to reaction. He is steadfast. He understands and calls us to him gently. He's lowly in heart, not pointing fingers, but welcoming. Now, the word for lowly and gentle is so closely tied together in Hebrew. And it's, it's, it really gets to the root word of humble, of humility. And so when we think of Jesus, we think of if he's humility, but it, the place that it shows up and translated in the New Testament is humble, is in such places as James 4 through 6 that God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. Now I want you to think about Jesus' humility for just a second. When he says that he is gentle and lowly in heart, that he is that he is humble, I want you to think about the humility of Jesus. This is this is really as I started dwelling on this, this is was really fascinating to think about. Can you imagine the type of humility it takes and the, the type of heart that it takes? to create everything, literally to author everything and hold everything together, as Colossians 1 says, and to be ridiculed, uh, misunderstood, and mocked by the very people that you came to show love and, and care and rescue. And the humility that Jesus displays in, in that. Now, I don't know about you, but when people misunderstand me, are critical of me, are judgmental towards me. My thoughts towards them are not humility. My thoughts towards them are, to be honest, I wanna be right. I wanna prove them wrong. I wanna show them how wrong they are, right? And, I, and they're, they're, they, in my worst, I can get pretty critical and judgmental back. And I can go to all different places to kind of prove my points and all those things. But Jesus, think about his humility in the midst of mocking, in the midst of being misunderstood, in the midst of people criticizing him and critiquing him, in the midst of all that, he shows us his heart. I mean, it's, un- it's unbelievable when you think about his humility. Philippians 2 um, is, is a passage that talks about us kind of taking on Jesus's uh, his posture as a servant but it, is, it describes humility and in, in what Jesus did in, in his humility in this way. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility, count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interest of others. Have this in mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God to be something we grasp, but emptied himself by taking on the form of a servant being born in the likeness of men and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. That's Jesus walking the path of humility. And that's what he says his heart is like, is gentle and lowly. Jesus walks in that way. Now, this is the main thing that I think that we need to, to kind of understand in this, that Jesus is accessible. His gentle and lowly heart makes him accessible for all. Now I grew up and I know many of us grew up in, in very kind of re, in what I would say religious context in the sense of like, you do these things to earn God's love and you avoid these things so you keep his love. I mean, that's the kind of environment that I grew up in. It was very based. It was very self-sufficient kind of thing. And when I thought about approaching God, I actually thought, you know, I better clean myself up before I you know, can talk to him. Like I better be, you know, right before I, I can talk to him. But that is not the posture of what Jesus is saying here. He's saying actually the one, I want you to bring your need. I want you to bring your dependence. I want you to bring uh, when, when you're failing is exactly when I want you to come. And so the thing is, is like many of us, if we have a view of God as as he is disappointed with us or, or Eric, you don't understand like the things I've done, like I can't come to God. No, this is Jesus's invitation to us in those moments. He is accessible. He is the one who is calling us to himself in the very moments of need. And how many of us, like maybe you feel like Eric, you know, I'm a burden to Jesus. I keep screwing up. Like I keep doing the same things. I don't wanna keep doing these things, but I keep doing, I keep doing these same, same behaviors. I keep, you know, like Jesus, like I feel like I'm, I'm, I keep bothering Jesus and he has to keep like, here I am again, Jesus. No, that's exactly where he wants you to come, to him. Not to yourself, not to other places in the world to find relief. He wants you to come to him because he's the only one who can bring satisfaction and rest for your soul. So instead of going to where we would get heavy laden and burdened, he calls us to himself. Now consider what he's saying. He's saying, take my yoke upon me in this way. It's not, it's not that he's putting something else on us. it be in this analogy, uh, Dane Ortland uses. It's like someone's drowning in water And they wouldn't consider if I threw on a life preserver, they wouldn't be like, no, get that burden away from me. I can't take on something more. I'm drowning here. No, that's that's what he's saying here. He's like saying, hey, you take upon my yoke. I'm not giving you something that's gonna be a burden to you. I'm giving you something that actually will bring life to you. And who's the life? It's him. Jesus is the life that you need to sustain you, to actually find rest, it's his presence. It's actually him who gives us what we so desire. So, in light of that, here's what I want to do in our time today. I want to take us to the table where we we remember what Jesus has done, and then I want us just to go and practice together right now what it means to come to Jesus, and I just want us to just practice that through through a time of God of prayer. So, here's what I want you to do. If you if you have um, your elements, I want you to start. Um, opening these, but let's look at Hebrews four, fourteen through sixteen. And as we come to the table, we're reminded that Jesus of who Jesus is and all that He has done. Here's what Hebrews four, fourteen through sixteen says. And I, what I want to do is I want you to go through and almost like you have a, a highlighter in your mind. I want you to find different phrases in these in these couple of verses on the screen that highlight who Jesus is. So I want you to think through, okay, uh, this phrase highlights this attribute or, or this, this kind of um, characteristic of Jesus. So I want you to think through that as, as, as we're reading this together. Since then we have such a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the son of God, let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weakness, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. So let us come with confidence and draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. So I want you to think through, like what do we, what do we observe about who Jesus is? As we come to the table, what do we observe about who Jesus is? Well, we have, we have one who is an advocate. We have one who can empathize with us because he was like us. We have one who was perfect. He was tempted in all ways. He understands us. We have a friend. We have a priest who goes on our behalf to God. We have one who calls us to himself that we can actually approach his throne with confidence because of what he has done on our behalf. So as we take the bread we remember what Jesus has done that allows us to come to the throne of grace with confidence. It's his life lived for us. It's his death that he gave himself to pay our penalty that we might live in him and for him. And so we take the bread and we eat and remember his sacrifice for us. And this morning, there's no place of past things that we have done that can hold us in shame because of the power of Jesus's blood has covered us, has made us right with him through what he has done. So we remember his cleansing blood, his sacrifice on our behalf that makes us clean in him. So here's what I wanna do in the, in the last little bit as we walk into this new year, that we would take upon Jesus' invitation, that we would come to him. Now, uh, I'm gonna be walking you through a kind of a guided prayer. You can close your eyes and I'm gonna kind of guide you through what to pray about and, and to kind of think through. And if, and if you're like me, uh, I actually need guided prayer and, and kind of prompts in order to, to, to pray longer than a couple minutes. Um, so many times thoughts come in my mind, like these random thoughts of like, hey, what am I going to eat? Or what, do I, what do, I, do I have to do today? Or all those things. And the best way I've, I've heard it described is like, think about those thoughts and that there's a river and just let those thoughts just kind of go down the river. Okay. So you can stay present with, with God. There's an app I use called Lectio 365 that this kind of helps me walk through um, these prayer prompts. But I want to I wanted us in this season, in this moment, the first few days of 2021, for us just to take Jesus's invitation to come to him. And maybe you're you're sitting here and you're like, man, Eric, I have not sat down and thought and, and come into Jesus's presence and taken up his invitation in a long, long time. And if there's any shame in that, his grace is sufficient. He wants you to come this morning. He's inviting you to come into his presence to find rest. And how many of us need to find rest so desperately in him? So I'm just gonna be guiding you through um, with some prayer prompts. So let's, let's go in prayer. Our application this morning is to come to you, Jesus. To receive your invitation to come to you. So we collectively pause to be still in your presence, to take a couple deep breaths in, to center our thoughts and our minds on you. So we pause. Jesus, in the busyness of life and in the season, help us in this moment to be present with you Holy Spirit, would you prepare our heart to hear from you in this moment to experience your great love and care? We're so thankful for your word to us today. And so we reflect on your invitation where you reveal your heart. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. This morning we hear your voice inviting us to come to you. With so many distractions, we are quick to go other places to listen to other voices. But would we find our rest in you, not apart from you? So you call us this morning to return to you. This life has trials and sufferings. So what in your life feels heavy that you would bring before God right now? What is weighing on you? Jesus, you say you will give us rest. We acknowledge our striving, our caring, and come to you to receive rest. Because you call us to yourself, because you are a friend of sinners, you are our savior, our advocate, our mediator, our intercessor, we confidently come to your throne of grace, knowing that you love us and are for us. We present our request to you because you understand, you have compassion, and you care for us. So what in your life are you bringing to Jesus today? Are there worries or anxieties weighing on you? Would you present those to him? Is there any sin that you need to confess and bring in the light of his grace and experience his freedom? His posture towards you is one of open arms inviting you. As we are reminded of what we carry to Jesus in our lives, we pause and reflect on those around us, those that we care for and love and what they are carrying. Who in your life is struggling that needs to be reminded of Jesus's heart for them? who is carrying heavy burdens and doubts, uncertainty that needs to be reminded of Jesus's invitation and his rest. We bring them to mind and bring their burdens and bring them before the throne of grace. Jesus, you are gentle and humble. You show me how to care for others around me. Show me with great intention how to love and care as you have cared for us. We return once more to your words to us to hear afresh your invitation. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I am gentle and lowly in heart and you will find rest for your souls for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So in hearing those words, Jesus, we surrender to you. we come to find rest for our souls in you, to learn from you, to follow your ways. For you have accomplished what we need and in you is life. May we bring our burdens to you and through your spirit be reminded that you are with us, that you are for us and that you are always inviting So we close in remembering your invitation and your promises. Jesus, we thank you for your presence. We thank you that your grace is not just for when we mess up, but it is an invitation for in the midst of our need. And you do not turn away anyone who comes to you to find life. So Jesus, as your church, as your people, we collectively say thank you. Would you remind us each and every day to apply those simple words which are an invitation to come to you. Would we come to you? My hope and uh, prayer for you is as I prepared this and my prayer for myself is that I will take those simple words, those invitation of Jesus and daily remember that my rest is not in trying to find life apart from him, trying to go and plead my case or, or go down the rabbit trail of distraction, but to come to him with all, all that I am and all that I have. And bring my very heart to His heart. That's our prayer uh, as a church as well. So I'm praying for you guys, and, and so thankful to start this year in this Sunday off. And next week we'll be in the Sermon on the Mount as we continue on. But would encourage you to, um, if this, if, if guided prayer is helpful, um, would love to talk to you. There's there's plenty of resources that I would love to um, to get you to be able to help you in your prayer life and help you pray in that way. Um, he is with us, he is for us, and we can approach the throne of grace and confidence. Go in peace. We'll see you next week.